Yes, here we are, Maiden A to Z. Unusual episode today, I would say. Longboats have been sighted. The evidence of Norwegians on the show has begun. Well, it will begin very soon. Actually, Matthias talked to me before about having this one Norwegian guest on, Kenneth Kopstad from uh, the great band Spider Garden with a long past tenure, in fact, a decade-long past tenure in another great Norwegian band, Motorcycle. And if you know me, you know that I really dig my Norwegian music, not just the metal, but obviously the metal is strong from Norway. So I'm very happy to finally have a Norwegian guest on. I know we've got a few listeners in Norway. So I was aware that Matthias had planned to have this guest on, but I wasn't aware it was going to happen this soon. So it came as a total surprise, but a very nice surprise. Matthias, he just decided to climb into the sky, never wonder why, and um, handle it on his own. Which I am very pro, by the way. I mean, he's surely ready. Already did some producing and a lot of talking on this show. I did edit the episode, though, so it's a proper Maiden Itzy episode in every way. It's not a bonus, it's not an extra, it's a proper episode. There's a bit of noise in the background, but uh, he assured me that it, it was indeed the most quiet place he could find at uh, the basis strand, and I don't doubt that. So what else? Well, not much. I think it's time to get going. If you're wondering what the guys are going to talk about, let's have them fill you in on that right now. A lot of drumming. Yeah, a lot of drumming. Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of more drumming than you uh, would expect in a... I guess so. Hey. Hey. Hur lång tid har vi? Jag vet inte. Jag tror dörren öppnar en sju. Ja, det kan nog stämma. Och ni går på... Jag vet inte. Jag tror det är någon sån här curfew här, att man får inte spela efter. Kan det vara kvart på nio? Han sa det. Då kör vi. Hello and welcome to Maiden A to Z. My name is not Eric, it's Matthias, and with me, not as usual, is not Jonathan, but Kenneth Kapstad. Welcome. Thank you very much, thanks for having me. So you are a Maiden fan, right? From the bottom of my heart. From the bottom of your heart. Okay. So the reason why you are here, on this pod, is that uh, you can actually play... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> the Where Eagles Dare intro the right way. Mm, at least what I think he does, yeah? Yeah. I'm quite sure I'm doing it right. I'm not, yeah. Quite well, sure. to us it sounded fairly <laughs> spot on, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit weird sticking on that one. So it, it took me a while in slow slow motion on the... On the VHS cassette. Okay. Ah, you, so you saw it on on the rhythm. Is it the rhythms of the beast? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Did. You did your homework. Yeah, I I I, just, I had to I had to. You learn, had to. I'd learned that one. <laughs> okay. So as a first time guest on the pod, uh, we always had the our guest give a bit of their maiden story, like where you first heard the band. How many where you've seen them the first time? How many times? Favorite albums? Yeah, things like that. So, 
Go ahead. Where do you want me to start? <laughs> Take it from the beginning. Do you remember the first time you heard Iron Maiden? Or I, heard of Iron Maiden? Yeah, I, I remember the first time I... Uh, not, probably not the first time I heard it, but the first time I really understood what was uh, happening to my body when I listened to that music. Yeah. <laughs> As, it was this program on uh, NRK, Norwegian uh, television. No, they're fine, right now. You're gonna play Sarah. Oh, well, we are? Yeah. Can we have a talk with you in a while? Yeah, all right. Let's Actually. talk. Hey, isn't it difficult to play drums with just one arm? Um, it, it was at first, but it's uh, it's like anything. If you if you're put in a situation, you know you have to you have to try and deal with it. So I uh, I I use my left foot a lot now. Do you take the music seriously? Oh, yeah, it, it, reasonably seriously, yeah. You've got to have a good time as well. Uh. But we, we take it seriously enough to spend two and a half years on a record. <laughs> <laughs> Is there someone have a plan after this? Want to quit with this? Well, quit now while we're on top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if you don't, if you think it's uh, boring to be uh, at the top and you want to do something else. No, no, we want to come back and do this, this show again. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Do you play heavy metal or do you play ordinary rock music? It's some, 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 someone says you play heavy and someone says you play... You know, what do you think? I mean, I think, you just uh, stop to fly an animal. <laughs> it's something in between. Yeah. Some, yeah. Sometimes that's, that's it can be more say. heavy and sometimes it can be more yeah. ordinary. That's the best description I've heard for a long time, somewhere in between. Uh, you can take this is from Norway. Wow. Yeah. Ah, that's you great. saw you. That's me. Hi, hello. Why do you feel like you're going to die? Why do you Ja, vi så det vi også. Ja, yes, men den kom hit, ikke sant? Ja. Hit is to one me. Den så på videoen sammen med meg. Ja. Vinner i fjellet. Der er TV'en. Ja. Og der ute er virkeligheten. Ja, Ole. Hvit skal du. Yeah, press. And they they played the Can I Play with Madness video. Okay. And this video. was back in 1988. Yes. Yes. And I was sold like, okay, okay, this band, I just I just need this album right now. <laughs> and I uh, I, th I think it, probably three four months later, I used all my money that I had on this cassette. <laughs> that I couldn't listen to before I, I came back home from the summer holiday because I didn't have anything to play it on. <laughs> but yeah, that was my first meeting. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, had, I, had this, I have this uh, cousin and he, he lived in Trondheim by, in, in Trondheim city. And uh, I lived in the outskirts and he always came and visited me in, in, uh, in the weekends and always brought some albums. You should check this out, you should check this, this out. And yeah. blah, 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 blah. But I can't remember him ever showing me Iron Maiden before I 
dug into it. Okay. I, so I think I found that band myself. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. Because one so. of the things we've discovered during making this pod yeah. is that there's very often a cousin involved. Yes, very often. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? I don't know. It's the same for me too. It's an older cousin. cousin. Yeah. Or, uh, or uh, bigger sister's boyfriend. That's also mm-hmm. quite typical. Yeah. <laughs> The typical scenario for being drawn into Iron yes. Maiden. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you, so you heard "Cannot Play with Madness" on television. Yeah. And you bought the cassette and listened to the cassette. Yes. It evolved quite quickly after that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I used all my money to, to buy the cassettes. What other bands did you listen to at the time? Was it was it uh, mainly hard rock, heavy yeah, metal? Yeah, it was only hard rock. It's yeah. been only hard rock until I until I was like 18. Yeah. Just hard rock. The first albums I, I kind of picked out of my uh, dad's vinyl collection was the first two Black Sabbath seven yeah, albums yeah. and to the Mark II uh, Deep Purple with In Rock and Fireball. Those kind of albums, and mm. of course, Uriah Heep and uh, and uh, Nazareth and uh, yeah, bands like that. Classic, the classics, the classics, and uh, yeah, what other bands? Wasp was Wasp? a thing, and Halloween. Halloween. Was mm-hmm. um, they were huge in in, uh, in the Nordic countries. Yeah, in, for in some the reason. late 80s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my school, pretty much everyone who was into hard rock listened to to Halloween too. Yeah. Strange yeah. thing. Yes, it is. <laughs> when, when you tell that to the kids of today, they won't believe you. <laughs> and of course, Judas Priest yeah. was there. And ACDC has always been there, of course. Um, yeah. But then, and then the 90s came around, and mm. then the heavy metal scene kind of died a bit. And sort of. Sort of. Less so here, so, I think. So I was drawn towards more hard, like metal, metal mm-hmm. in the 90s, like all the thrash metal and death metal, that stuff, okay. because I didn't like the way the hard rock. Yeah. I, I'm not a big grunge fan. Okay. I like some of the bands, of course, I, I do, but it's. I think uh, heavy metal is more in my DNA. <laughs> so, so did you go to any concerts back then, or were you no, t- no, no? I, I, I lived. I, I come from the outskirts of Norway, yeah. and we didn't have any money at all. So I was never at any concerts. I think my first Iron Maiden concert I was twenty-one. Twenty-one, yeah. yeah. And I that was in in Oslo. What year? That was that was in Roskilde, the Roskilde Festival in Denmark. And this was in 2000 or 2000? I'm not sure. Because I, I, I was not attending the show where uh, the, the first comeback show for uh, Adrian and Bruce. I didn't see that one. This, okay. this was the one after. Okay. 
obviously we have seen them uh, more times since then. Yes, but not as much as I wanted. I want to, of course. I, yeah. I think I've seen them only seven or eight times. Eight times, I think. Okay. Yeah. But been if, if fortunate enough to have played with them twice. So that same day at the same festival. Okay. Yeah. Give us the background here, because for you listeners who don't know that, Kenneth is uh, one hell of a drummer and. Uh, <laughs> Years and now I broke the chair. Mm. Chair broke, yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. And now you play uh, with Spider God. Yeah. Yeah, I also play a lot of different stuff, but Spider God is my main. Yeah, because you play in jazz or yes, bands. and black metal bands. And, yeah. yeah. All, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I like a lot of music. As we record this, you're on tour with yeah, on tour with, with Spider God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we're doing. Uh, and, and Spider God, for those who doesn't really know what Spider God is, what so Norwegian is... band started out more more like a seventies rock slash stoner rock speed something, mm-hmm. and uh, graduate gradually grown into basically heavy metal like yeah with influences as Tim Lizzy are made in Judas Priest mm-hmm. but but it doesn't sound like them but that's the main inspiration yeah. so I think it's quite short-ish songs yeah, very I mean, melodic very to the point yeah. hooks riffs poppy songs poppy songs poppy heavy metal yeah exactly what I like yeah play with quote-unquote our maiden then? Uh, the first time we uh, we played actually <laughs> where I used uh, the the place where I used to live when I lived in Trondheim and the, where I rehearsed with motorcycle smack in the middle there I played with our maiden at this festival <laughs> that was quite cool that was in I think it's it was 2018 I think Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, this was in Trondheim, and I knew the stage manager and everything. So of course, I could. I went up upstage and uh, talked to the Charlie, Charlie, the drum tech. Yeah. And had a quick tour behind the kit. That was actually my second time behind the kit because uh, <laughs> a friend of mine almost landed the gig as a guitar tech for Iron Maiden, and uh, for some reason he. He managed one of the concerts I went to. He managed to get me on stage to look at the drum kit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what year was that then? Uh, or what tour rather? Yeah, if you remember the I think the that was on. That was quite recently, wasn't it? Was, was, was that on the Book of Souls tour? Or was it the Final Frontier? Probably Final Frontier. There was 2010 and 11, Final Frontier, and Book of Souls is uh, 2015. 16. Then it must 
been it must have been Book of Souls. Yeah. What did yeah. his drum kit look like? Because it always changes the 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 shells. They always have some. Yeah. At, <laughs> at that time it was uh, it was uh, Sonor, yeah. Sonor drums with the other Book of Souls. Uh, yeah. Uh, what do you call it? The drawings around there. Yeah. It was quite nice. But uh, actually, I was. Uh, but did you did you get to play the drums? Um, I probably could have because the 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 support act had started, so I probably could. But I didn't. I just couldn't. Because I, I think your setup of drums is not spot on, but it's quite similar to with all the toms. Yes. And you have the ride like. Yeah. Up. Uh, yeah, it's quite. Uh, yeah, it's it's based on how Nico. Yeah. But I have to. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I've got two meters with arms. Like I'm. I'm yeah, I have to do do it my own way. But it was, I was actually surprised how how small it was. Like yeah. it was so. Every, all the drums was so close to him. Yeah. Weird. Uh, I would have problems playing on it actually. The, the thing is with, with Nico that back in the day he was much more moving his arms around. Yeah. But the older he gets, the more he tends to play with not moving that much. Very yeah. economical sort of playing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Anyway, so you, uh, you've seen them a couple of times. Mm -hmm. And of course, the, the obvious question is is Nico the, uh, the reason why you picked up the drums? I think hand I, on heart. We don't. Yeah, I think I've already <laughs> started playing drums, and I actually think the main reason for picking up the drumsticks was Ian Pace. I oh. think I think that um, well, I kind of remember listening to uh, in rock and figuring out what is what what he's playing. Yeah. So I think maybe that is the reason. But Nick Brain has, of course, been one of my main ins inspirations. Yeah. Throughout the years, because you, you, um, I think that you sometimes do these long drum rolls with all the toms and everything, and that to me at least is very much Nico. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, he probably picked it up from Neil Peart from Rush. Yeah. Uh, kind of. Kind of, yeah, but he, uh, Nico was a drummer very early on. Uh, yeah, but he didn't have that kind of style before. Yeah, okay, maybe when he played with Trust, he started yeah. using the whole, whole yeah. shebang, the whole kit, but it wasn't that much, that no, kind no, of have you Have you heard uh, uh, his session works that he did in the 70s? Yeah, of course. I'm a nerd. Maiden, when we think of Nico McBrain as the drummer Nico McBrain is today, mm -hmm. that guy didn't exist before 1983. I agree, I think, but you, when you listen to, is it the, is the second album he did with uh, Pat Travers? Mm -hmm. You can definitely hear it's him. Yeah, he has some, yes, some some grooves and some the, the way of making the, how, how he makes the drums sing yeah you can tell it's him it's uh, it, Nico is a very funky sort of drummer 
in the 70s, yes? Yeah, yeah? very much so. Yeah, it's very funky. Yeah. <laughs> it's very funky. What happened? But I mean, they must have put Nico when he came into Iron Maiden to some sort of. They must have really pushed his buttons. I think. What do you think? I'm not sure. The style that uh, Iron Maiden was into with Clive at the end. That was kind of the beginning of what Nick McBrain mm. was kind of evolving later. Would you agree? Because there's some elements with the with the kind of heavy metal drumming on the, on the number of the beats. I feel that he, he took some parts of that into his own style, maybe a bit, and, and they mm. also toured together. Yeah, of course, yeah, they did, yeah. Trust was uh, supporting Iron Maiden. Yeah. So we have, have seen them many times. Uh, I don't know. Because, in a way, stepping into a band that have uh, already made three albums yeah. with a drummer who has very much his own style. Yeah. Of course you have to sort of adapt to that style. But at the same time, I think Nico's drumming is, it's like, at least to my ears, it's like it comes from a completely different sort of direction. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if they had like the same sort of uh, influences like Ian Pace and yeah. these drummers. I mean, but I think uh, Nico has a very very strange, unique, not strange but unique way of playing. Yeah, but a bit strange every now and then too. I would yeah. say. So uh, what I really like about Nico McBrain. Especially from the f his first album with Iron Maiden until, yeah, you could say No Pray for Dying, mm -hmm. where he kind of makes the the drum parts for every song is thought out. It's like mm -hmm. he has a plan for it. It's, it's not just playing drums. He has he has made the, the bits like like mm -hmm. riffs, you know. For the song, in a totally different way than very, very many other drummers at the same same time. Yeah. For instance, Where Eagles Dare groove, mm. that groove, 
It's, it's you wouldn't just do that. As far as I understand, doing my research, I like to remember that I read somewhere that Steve had said in an interview that he sort of tapped the rhythm on a table. To to. To Nico and okay. said, "Okay, I want you to play something like this." The, right. the intro is is just Nico, uh, but uh, the 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 main drum beat for yeah. the song, uh, it's some some weird sort of disco beat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, you could call it that. <laughs> I don't. Know. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, but unusual way of playing at least very, that's for sure very much and all those uh, yeah, it's, it's many it's a very busy bass drum song very yeah <laughs> and also with a strange uh, the, you know the da ba da dong on the bass drum yeah and ending together with the snare but yeah. really weird stuff to just come up with i, yeah. I love it <laughs> I think it would be interesting to talk, I haven't really heard Nico talk about this, but what his initial impression was getting into Maiden and being fronted with these ideas like, we want you to play this. Bruce Moore said that getting Nico into the band was like getting a new favorite toy. Yeah. Let's try this, <laughs> I can do this, oh, I can do that too, in a way that maybe, as far as I understand, uh, Clive wasn't really that much of a toy in that sense that they could push him that much as they could push Nico into doing weird shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but do, do you have like a, a favorite album of Nico's uh, earlier works before Maiden? As a drummer? Uh, yeah. It must be the, uh, I'm not sure what the album's called, um, Pat Travers band. But it's not making music. I like that uh, album too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. That one. It's very funky. It's very funky, funky, funky. funky. That's good. Yeah. yeah. This is really great. <laughs> to Maiden these days? Yeah, of course. Yeah? So, what do you think of their later works? Uh, I'm trying to be positive. <laughs> okay. But it's not ending well. Yeah. There's good songs here and there. I'm always happy when they put out new music. Always, because they are my favorite band. But mm. uh, I'm, I'm not the biggest uh, um, no, um, the two last albums, um, um, there's not much for me there. Mm. It's, uh, do you agree? <laughs> uh, I think like this, uh, and it, and this also goes back to Nico. This is just my idea, I don't know. But I think that in the 80s, before going into the studio, they had to properly rehearse stuff. I mean, they had to play the songs and then they went into the studio and recorded it. Mm -hmm. And I think, in a strange way, that Nico is so quick on getting, understanding the stuff, and sort of mapping out the songs in his head, so he can 
and as they said in interviews, later interviews, is that they these days they sort of make the music in the studio mm-hmm. and they just present an idea and Nico sort of learns the song and then they record it. And this in turn <laughs> means that if you rehearse something over and over again, you sort of notice when the 10th, 15th time you play something that this part is dragging a bit, right? Okay, let's chop that off. Yeah. yeah. Away, and then you just sort of get it leaner and meaner, if you get what I mean. Yes. But these days, they don't get any leaner and meaner. They just... Steve writes his songs, and they're pretty long, and they don't kill any darlings. They just go with it. And Nico is such a good player that he just goes along with it and just puts down his parts, and they go, yeah, that sounds like... That's a take. But <laughs> yeah. if they had to properly rehearse, they would probably not make albums one and a half hours long. No. They are, they are <laughs> way too The songs are way too long. This, the, uh, yeah. And another good thing about uh, the 80s is this, the, it was still f- made to, to, uh, to last one vinyl record, like yeah. 40 minutes. Then you can't have like 18 minutes songs. Then it's just two songs. Yeah. Do you have like uh, favorite Nico songs? Where where you think he's playing is everything on Power Slave mm-hmm. on the whole album. Does he play any any hi hat on that album, or is it just right? <laughs> <Ryan? laughs> yes, of course he does. <laughs> but yeah, it's really good drumming. But all all the five first records with him is fantastic drumming, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. For yeah. for me at least. Yeah. Uh, but but um, yeah, another thing about the, the the newer stuff is they don't have Martin Birch. I I think he probably could hold uh, Steve Harris's ears a bit. Yeah. And telling him that intro has last now for four minutes. Maybe <laughs> it's time to. Hit the first verse. <laughs> Maybe so. Yeah. Oh, endless intro before the intro before the intro riff. You yeah. know, uh, takes a while. But I'm I'm not nagging. Yes, I am. But you know, <laughs> I just really want them to make an album like they did in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I I think the the problem is they work too fast. Yeah. It's too spontaneous, and I. And Steve Harris has talked a lot of, about this in interviews that he, he likes to be to get that fresh feeling of the first take when it's just when mm. everything is fresh. But I think it's kind of seductive in a bad way that you sort of loses its. Uh, you have to be a bit cool sometime to just go. Mm, is this right or is it? Mm? Maybe you should be a bit more like Adrian Smith and just overthink things. Mm-hmm. That's why I think many of his songs is, is perhaps the best songs on, on later albums. Yeah, and, and the guitar solos he does yeah. is proper guitar solos. Proper guitar <laughs> solos, yeah. <laughs> For me, he's probably my favorite uh, solo guitarist in heavy metal. Yeah, yeah, mine too. It's, uh, I, you know, I actually wept. When uh, I saw the first gig on the last tour, and I played Caught Somewhere in Time. When they, when uh, when he started to play that solo in Caught Somewhere in Time, I started to cry. I it probably would do. Yeah. 
like this wormhole back to this 12-year-old kid in why we are talking about our maiden is that motorcycle song Questo is that the correct pronunciation probably yeah <laughs> <laughs> find out how we played the film. Mm. It could be. Ben's probably heard me here sitting there and actually playing it the way I think it's supposed to be. Yeah, we think it sounds yeah. right, so yeah. <laughs> Something like that, I yes. Think the album came out in 2014. The... Yes. Behind the Yes, song. I think so. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had this song and with uh, with this part where, like, that kind of swing. And he suggested you should have that as a film. 
and I didn't say no. So, so it was Bent that actually came up with the idea? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good on him. Yeah. <laughs> Because the first time I heard it, it was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it was like a surprise cameo of someone famous in a film that you don't expect to show up all of a sudden on screen. It's like, yeah. what? what was that? <laughs> that part was for nerds like you. Yeah. 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 And it, 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 was, it was a home run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So, the actual song, Where Are Eagles There? Is that the song that has some sort of special place in, in your heart, or is it just that drum fill, that, the intro? Always loved the song. Mm. I think it's probably the best one on the album. After you discovered me, the yeah. band in 1988, how, how, how rapidly did you catch up with their previous... Uh, Quite quickly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah, and because of my sis, older sister's boyfriend, I yeah. got the hand of a lot of uh, Iron Maiden records, like the, all the all the maxi singles. Yeah, that too. Yeah, so I can read and yeah, see the pictures and yeah, you know. That's in. why we're Maiden fans, yeah, right? Dig into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I could borrow them for like a year. That was yeah, yeah, that was cool. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I think the, the the first year, what it was mainly Seven Son of a Seven Son and Power Slave, mm -hmm. and then I got the the Love to Death mm -hmm. and listened that to that to death. <laughs> <laughs> and a friend of my sister had the the Love to Death video. Mm. Like VHS, I could borrow that one. Mm. It was yeah. yeah, the first time I saw. But this is a weird one because I I, I wasn't a fan of the song uh, uh, um, Aces High. Okay. Before I saw the the clip from from Long Beach Arena, yeah. then I was sold. Then was then that that song was the coolest one. Yeah. <laughs> so then you so you heard that song pretty early on. Yeah. In my mind, I, I always think when I put on that record, which happens every now and then, is that this was the first thing that many fans all, all over the world heard of Nico. It was like, okay, they have a new guy on drums, and they put put the needle down on the vinyl, and that that goes. I think people must have thought, okay, he's good. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I certainly did. He's playing fantastically on the whole album, I think. Yeah, yeah. amazing. And the drums sound good too. Yeah. He always had a good drum sound on all these Martin Birch albums. Yes. And on the Fear of the Dark it started to be a bit more modern-ish. Yeah, I'm not, too, I'm not too fan of the snare drum sound on Fear of the Dark. No, it's, uh, it's very much 92, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm. But they've, they avoided the, the trap of the 80s sound. Mm -hmm. So why did Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Weird. Because it sounds really good. Until, uh, maybe not No Prayer for Dying. But, but it, you can still hear it's nice sounding drums. It's mm -hmm. just poorly produced, I think, that album. Yeah. But I love the album. Mm -hmm. 
Many of my friends hate that album. <laughs> For some reason, I love it. It was the first album that was released after I was a fan. Yeah, maybe I have, that's why I have this relationship to that album. Late 83, when I was nine. Yeah. And Powersley was my first sort of, they're getting a new album out when I was mm. 10. And I got that album. But so by the time when we come to like Seven Sun, and you know, I was counting the days because, okay, I know they put out this new album will come this date. Same for No Pray for the Dying. And I love No Pray for the Dying. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. I, th I think it's really underrated. I think Nico's playing is absolutely on. It's 10 out of 10. It's really inspired. Yes, I totally agree. Yeah. I would say the last album where he where he kind of makes the uh, the drum parts for every song. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Do you listen to uh, Assassin? Mm -hmm. That group, for instance? It's made for the riff, for the song. Yeah. It's not just drumming. One hell of a song, actually. It's, it's a song with a, it's like a, a great song with a sort of not that great chorus. <laughs> and Mother Russia, the way it plays that one, is it's made for the riff. A very strange song. It's very strange. <laughs> There's hardly any verses. There's no chorus. Like a folk song? Yeah. Actually, it could have been longer. Been made today, maybe it's been 15 minutes long, so at least, at least. Have been made today, maybe it's been 15 minutes long, so at, at least, at least, yeah, exactly. It seems like uh, Kevin is just doing what Steve says. I think so, and I, I think, and Bruce talked about this in an interview, that they couldn't really have any other way. They couldn't really have a, a, a modern producer doing, keeping it short, and because uh, 
there are too many ideas, too many wills in the band that uh, he couldn't really be the guy who just gives directions and gives orders because people won't, the, the members of the band, according to Bruce, wouldn't have that. <laughs> so maybe maybe he's the only guy today that could that can make Maiden work. Yeah, maybe. I had this fantasy about because we, we talked about if there were another producer and yeah. producing Iron Maiden, and I thought about Stephen Wilson. Okay. Because he has a good ear for sound, and at the same time, I think he would get the songs too. Maybe be a bit more of a song producer in a way that Kevin Shirley isn't at all. But then again, I don't think the band would accept that. Wouldn't let that happen. I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's it's quite strange because when when he plays with his own band, British Lion, yeah, the songs are like four minutes. Yeah, weird. It's really weird. Yeah. Why? Why, Steve? Why? <laughs> Why not make longer songs for British Lion? Come on. <laughs> so we should tell. Next time I see him, I will. <laughs> Metal. Metal. So it was a pretty good time for metal, wasn't it? Because we, we were kind of in the in the metal. sort of halcyon days of new metal. wave of British heavy metal. Lots of metal bands have got signed, got big record deals off the back of of you know that movement. Um, your Maidens, your Saxons, mm-hmm. your Def Leppards, and that. The kind of bands that are are destined to become the long term successes are beginning to establish themselves. First two Maiden albums. I I think they're. The, the first album for me is, is an absolute classic. Killers is a little bit more of the same, but that's not a bad thing necessarily. There's something about those first two I Made albums that managed to merge prog, metal and punk pretty naturally, I think, on those first two albums. Metal. something off Nico. Oh, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I know you have. You, but you I thought... probably hear something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the, uh, of course. Uh, it was a question that I already knew the answer to. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I stole a lot, lot of at least fills from Nico McBrain. And some, uh, some, probably some groove parts as well. So, so what is your favorite steel? That must be uh, where Greyhound's there. <laughs> but that's so obvious. Yes. <laughs> it is. Is your style of drumming, which is, talking about Nico, very much like his style of being all of working the whole kit? Yeah. It's not like hi-hat, snare and bass drum, but you, you work the toms, you have multiple cymbals and stuff like that. Yeah. 
I, I think I think my my playing would be an essence of uh, Nickelback brain. Then you have to see. favorite drummers, I think. Yeah, I'm not familiar with Alvin Jones. He's a jazz drummer. Okay. Uh, he played a lot with John Coltrane. I, I do play a bit of drums, but I'm not a drummer. Play bass mainly, but Binepsi uh, is one of my favorite drummers too, and they're like totally different. Or do you hear like something that they have in common, or is it just that they have such different styles that adds to your sort of main? It's probably that um, they they don't sound the same at all. No, I, I, I agree. They're quite different. Mm -hmm. But maybe maybe a bit the, their drum sound could every now and then be similar. The mm -hmm. sound of drums, like mm -hmm. but of course that's that could be uh, Martin Birch again. Could if be if you listen to Mob Rules. Yeah, I have. If you listen to Fools. Yeah. I have listened to that album like a gazillion times or something. I, th I think actually it's. Uh, we made uh, a Martin Birch series, ah. a pod within the pod, oh, last right. summer. So we talked about Martin Birch for six episodes, like seven. I think we recorded like over ten hours. It was edited <laughs> down to like seven hours of talking about Martin Birch and uh, his productions. And, yeah. and anyway, but I think that Mob Rules is perhaps my my favorite sound. This my favorite sound of a metal album, yeah. hard rock album. That's the same with me? Yeah, it's like... <laughs> uh, we talked about it just a week ago, me and the bass player. Mm. Oh, bass player in, in Spider-God. It must be the best sounding hard rock album ever. Yeah. <laughs> and according to the research I did before recording these pods, it's like Tony Iommi once said that, oh, there were so many problems with that album. They tried to record in one studio and even perhaps attempt to build a studio to record in and didn't work out and there were drugs and there were all sorts of problems so yeah. judging from from his uh, comments about the album it wasn't really something that he I don't know if he doesn't like the album but I mean his memories of recording it at least was pretty sort of down yeah and probably a bit blurry uh, yeah <laughs> probably <laughs> But I mean, the, the sound of the album is mind-blowing. Yes, and, yeah, the drum sound is fantastic, and, and the drumming is fantastic, of yeah. course. Yeah. So your, your drum sound, because you, uh, you also have, like, uh, toms, is, they sound like, you can hear there's a tone yeah. in the toms. Yes. And I guess that's very conscious then. Yes, yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. But I wouldn't say I'm, I, I don't tune as uh, Nick McBrain or Vinny Apice at all. Mm. Uh, more like Elvin Jones, actually. Mm. More like jazz tuning. More, a bit more like uh, the, 
the first albums on, on in the seventies with with uh, Deep Purple mm -hmm. and Sabbath, like really tight, uh, big drums, but tight heads. Tight heads. Yeah, like jazz style to make them sing properly. Yeah, full body tone, not only the crack and humph, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Make the whole drum sing. Yeah. Of course, you lose the low, yeah, the low ends, but you gain so much more. In the eighties, Nico played without. Yeah. Uh, what was that? What do you say in English? Underskin in yeah. Svenska. Yeah, the bottom heads. Bottom heads. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, concert toms. We call Con them. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that was only that was only on uh, on the Burst Library tour, right? Yeah. Yes, but when you see them on uh, on Fear of the Dark tour, yeah, you can see there's there's not they're not concert toms, but they they have the the heads, but it's cut out, and then microphones put in the drums. Yeah, in the drums. Yeah. yeah. So two tours with the concert toms. Yeah. Yeah. How much of a difference in sound is that, according to you? Quite big. Yeah. I used to have, of course, because of Vinny uh, and Nickelback Brain, I had this huge uh, concert tom kit. Yeah. I had two actually, one Slingland because Vinny Abbasi <laughs> played Slingland at that time, and uh, one a newer build, um, a premier kit. Yeah. Yeah. It was just it was just that kit. Uh, there was uh, it was made in the England. Factory with the same guy that makes made the, all the drums for Nick McBrain. <laughs> uh -huh. The same guy that now has British Drum Company. Yeah, that Nico is with yeah, today. And me. And you. Yeah. So you're like label mates. Yes, both yeah. in cymbals and drums. Yeah. Because yeah. you pay cymbals yeah. too. Yeah. 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 You've been doing that for 15 years, I think. Yeah. yeah. So you really should get together with Nico then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> should make that happen. Yeah, I met him once. Yeah, yeah. But that was on on he had he did this tour uh, doing drum clinics and he uh, he ended in London, and I had a friend living at Lon in London at that time, so I just yeah. flew over and bought us some tickets and went to that show at Bush Hall, and then of course the signing session at the end then. Mm. I had to have. I had to make a picture with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Yes. So, have you met any of the other members of the band? Uh, I'm, I'm a bit weird. I'm, uh, I, I get so starstruck with Iron Maiden. It's impossible for me to. I can I can talk with anybody, but Iron Maiden that's just not doable. So, if you did meet Nick I have, met, I have met them so many times, but I have no chance of talking. To <laughs> It's so weird. I actually, um, I played the Rockamring, Rockin Park, Rockin Park yeah. in Nuremberg, long, yeah. long time ago, and uh, Lauren Harris was playing on the same stage, and that stage was in the middle of the festival, so it's what we were kind of stuck in there. The backstage was in, yeah, in the middle of the festival, and Steve Harris was there with his daughter, and he was there the whole day, but I couldn't, uh, with no way. He would, I, I saw him, he was bored, he, was, he would be glad if I went over to talk to him, but I, I was no way I could do that. <laughs> and uh, one time in, the, 
in London, me and my girlfriend uh, at the airport checking in, and we're the only one at the whole, the, it's like a big hall, we're the only ones there on business class checking in. And then one person arrives to the room, and that's of course Adrian Smith, and he stands like <laughs> beside me, and I just had to quickly get the bags in and run to the <laughs> run to the, the security <laughs> security point. And then I realized, oh, he's going to come here as well. <laughs> so just, yeah, I, I really starstruck when when it comes to um, okay. And so we're, especially Adrian Smith for me then is even worse than Nick McBrain. Would you say that Adrian Smith is a, a more important musician to you than Nick McBrain? Almost, yes. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm a big fan of him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really weird, because when I was only nine years old, mm-hmm. I, I mean, there was a Swedish magazine called OK. Yeah, I know. Yeah? Yeah. And uh, that magazine had loads of Maiden in it, of course, because it was huge in the 80s, too. And I can't remember that ever were some sort of Adrian Smith interview. There were Bruce, there was Steve. I th- think I might recall a Dave interview, perhaps, or something. Nick, but I mean, and for some strange reason, I, I, I don't know why, but I just, he was my guy in Our Maiden. <laughs> why? <laughs> it was really weird. But I, I think it got to do with that the first song I really fell in love with with Maiden was Flight of Icarus. And that was his song. Yeah. So I, I think that I, for some reason, that I really liked that song. And when I found out that Adam Smith, one of the guitar players, were the one writing the music, he sort of became my favorite in the band. I understand. I, I, yeah. Actually, I have met them quite a few times. Yeah. And, and uh, you don't get starstruck like me. No, I, 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 I'm more awkward. I just, uh, <laughs> I, I just uh, embarrass myself and my surroundings by saying stupid things. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, we, we, uh, we ended, uh, here in Stockholm many years ago, we ended up uh, talking to Adrian and he was there with his wife. And we were like standing beside this table where he was sitting. And after doing, talking to him for a few minutes, his wife said, shouldn't you invite these guys to sit down and maybe buy a beer for them? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, yeah, would you like to sit down? <laughs> and we were like, of course. <laughs> Just <laughs> like a, it was a chatterbox. <laughs> couldn't stop talking. It's, it's, it's awful. <laughs> and being some sort of... <clears throat> Pretend journalist. I, me and my uh, friend uh, Henrik Johansson, we, uh, we's also a, a regular on this pod. Yeah. Uh, we uh, uh, had this Bruce Dickinson site, internet site, even as far back as 1996. Okay. So we made like interviews when he was a solo artist. Oh, right. Yeah, with with him. But I mean, doing an interview is a different thing. But. Just to keep on pestering uh, famous musicians has become one of my uh, greater uh, uh, traits, I think, unfortunately. And contacting you too, it's the same, it's the same, uh, um, uh, what do you say, modus operandi. <laughs> okay, I want to talk to that guy, let's see if he wants to talk to me. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, I just, I'm, I, I don't know what's, what's up with that, because uh, I've, I've 
I get so starstruck when I, when been down with those guys. Yeah, there's no problem with any other bands. But what? So, so if you got to sit down with Nico, yeah, what would you ask him? Is there anything like? Is there anything in a particular song that? How do you do that? Or his background? Anything? What? What? If you had to ask him a few questions, what would they be? I I don't know. I don't. I really don't know. And that's probably the problem. You're sitting there with Nico my yes, brain, but, and you don't know what to say. But, but the, the one time with Adrian <laughs> at the airport, what what could I possibly tell him that could make his day better? Really, you're too humble. No, I I would be just another one that he has to listen to for five minutes before he. Maybe so. Yeah. But uh, maybe I think too much about those those problems. Yeah. But how do you feel when people come up to you and talk about? I I enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. So, would it be strange if they were like you? <sighs> I'm just psychologist here. <laughs> I'm trying to figure you out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I don't know. I'm. There's something wrong with me. I know. I don't. <laughs> no. I I I enjoy people coming up and. Wants to talk drums, of course. Yeah, that's the, the that's the most fun thing to talk about. <laughs> Actually, I, th- I think in a weird way that even now, when I hear interviews, when when Nico talks about drumming, mm-hmm. he, he just seems excited about drums. Yes, probably. All the Genuinely. time. Yeah. Yes. It's like he loves to play the drums and he loves loves to talk about drums. So, I think you would be safe talking. Drums. Yeah, no, Nick but there's something wrong with me. So, <laughs> but when we, if we, if we had met and we sat down and had a beer or something, it would be all right. I know, but yeah, um, yeah. but I would. <laughs> so, did you see any of the gigs last year? Sorry, did you see any of the maiden gigs no. last year? No, I had a ticket to the one in Bergen. I live in Bergen, so yeah. I had a ticket to that one, Golden Circle, and everything. Mm. And then we had to go to Sweden actually to play. What a bummer! Yeah, mm. Sweden Rock Festival. So we couldn't say no to that. We actually tried to change the date, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so me and Halvard could go to go to Bergen to see our maiden, but no. So mm. and uh, the the summer was so busy, family-wise and work-wise. So I could I could just I could run off to us yeah. in another city to when, see when did you get to know about his uh, his uh, stroke yeah yeah I, I heard this what, August I think mm-hmm. I heard something about it after the tour they made yeah because no, yeah. I was at a gig we've discussed this earlier on the, on the pod too that my first impression because I was at the first gig in Ljubljana yeah uh, I saw some clips. Yeah, clips and me. and I said uh, we were standing uh, pretty up front, and I told my friends Henrik and uh, a guy called Per, and I said there's there's something wrong with uh, Nico's right arm. There's no power in it because. Because uh, I could see that. When he was playing, I mean, his, his left hand on the snare sounded all right. Yeah. But as soon as he was starting to play the ride, and especially do the crash crashes on on his right side, yeah, it was like they didn't they barely moved the crashes. And I said, "There's something wrong. He must have some sort of injury." 
I thought it was just like a shoulder injury, yeah. like you know he couldn't couldn't get his arm up the right way to get a proper attack. Yeah. And I mean the way he plays, he 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 has to pretty. It's hard to explain something on a pod, but <laughs> <laughs> if you could see me now, you would see me moving my right yeah. arm around here. Uh, but it was like powerless. Yeah. And I saw some clips from later gigs, and it was the same thing. It's like this, this is not right. And there were a few times where the band members were like looking on on Nico and looking on. And there were <clears throat> that first gig was both the worst and the best gig I've seen with them. Yeah. The best because of all the emotions. Yeah, yeah. Hearing those Most songs for the first yeah. time. Because my first tour was uh, Seven Sun in '88 when oh. I was 14. You may touch me. Uh, and, uh, so um, I have never heard many of the, these Summer in Time songs live before. And so that was really emotional and, mm. and a huge thing for me. But at the same time, they screwed up so many things like lost cues. And uh, Steve looked so angry at times. It was like, yeah, right. you, you can always feel that there was something there's something here and you couldn't really know what so who knows do you know that they have like a backup drummer and have had for years too really yeah no i didn't know there is a there's a guy who is actually uh, uh his name is joe lazarus so if you google uh, youtube you can find joe lazarus playing along to made in england video like he's just sitting there playing along with the music and he is the son of Steve Lazarus, who used to run the fan club, and Steve Lazarus was a childhood friend of Steve Harris. And apparently, huh. word is that this guy is has been on tour with them because if Nico gets injured or something. And knowing now what we know about his stroke, why did they really think he was in? that good shape to be able to play the gigs because they um, I don't so know they have a backup drummer I didn't know that yeah. well juicy news yeah yeah Joe Lazarus you can google it I will hear him play and he just nails the uh, I mean I think he, he plays in, in regular bands so to speak but uh, hearing him play along to Made in England is quite it's, uh, surreal I would say Hmm. So would you do something like that? If Maiden said that we need a backup drummer, I would be there in the blink of a... But you wouldn't be able to talk to them. <laughs> in a work situation, it would be different. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so, so if you... Oh, that would be so cool to play those songs. <laughs> yeah. The songs they are touring now. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. I would... It's... Uh... It's insane. I call me. <laughs> so, uh, if you got the chance to play with our maiden and have to pick like three favorite songs, drum songs for you to play, what songs would that be? In that case, it, it would be, could the, be a Clive song. It could too. be the, the longer ones, so I can <laughs> so make, so make it last. Yeah. No, but really, uh, I think Rival Angels Manor would be there. Mm.
also seven son. Seven yeah. son, maybe. Thy name would be fun, yeah. but quarter in time would also be. Yeah. Actually, I think it was Nico himself who said that before the tour they actually rehearsed loneliness of long distance runner. Yeah, but so at least they tried it out. I heard some rumors yeah. about that. Yeah, that's a pretty intense song, going for like over six minutes or something. Yeah, but Caught Somewhere in Time is, is harder to yeah. play, but he doesn't, he doesn't play the way he does on the album. Playing it more like a straight rock song mm. now, like yeah. instead of... The bass drum is pretty intense. Yes, but he, he didn't play it like that now. No, he didn't. No, 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 no. Not the clips I've seen. No, 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 that's true, that's true. So I was a bit disappointed, but when I heard about the, the stroke, uh, and it, then it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's quite insane to actually go on tour, like, was it three months? In between the stroke and, and the beginning of the tour or something like that. I didn't know about the, the, the backup drummer. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part where you get all the nerdy details. <laughs> Good. A favorite maiden song at all? Is that uh, even possible? <laughs> uh, it's easy to just pick a song that has uh, all the all the right elements, like mm -hmm. Rainbow the Ancient Mariner. <laughs> yeah. But I like I also like the pop songs, mm -hmm. like the more poppy, uh, the Evil Dead Man do and Clairvoyant mm -hmm. and. Deja Vu. I like all those more poppy songs. Mm. Even the newer ones, like Rainmaker, I mm. love that song. Mm. So I think I mainly like the pop songs and the, the epics. Yeah. When I was a kid, I couldn't stand Can I Play With Madness. No, uh, that one I liked when I was a kid. Yeah. But I don't like it anymore. No. No. <laughs> I, I thought I just grew used to it over the years. Now I don't really mind it. I don't think it's a bad song. Uh, it's quite weird for a Maiden song. It's a totally strange song. <laughs> it is. It, it is. It's really weird. With the weird tempo changes and you know, strange groove with Cowbell. What's Cowbell got to do with Iron Maiden? <laughs> Well, apparently, it, it, it has something to do with our maiden. No, uh, yeah. Okay. So you're not a, a cowboy fan, then, are you? <laughs> it's all about the context, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is, yeah, it is. No. No, that's... Uh, okay, I kind of uh, 
discovered Iron Maiden through that song, but it didn't stick with me. No. No. When I get asked what my favorite song is, I, I usually just go with Total Eclipse. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's good. I think it's really good. Yes. There's a lot of things going on under five minutes. Uh, but it's a bit weird, the breakdown with the high, yeah. high vocals. Yeah. Bit weird. Yeah. Agreed? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I love it. I love weird. Yeah, me too. Of course. I mean, I love motorcycles, so yeah. I, 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 I must chill now. <laughs> So, but I don't think actually it is. What's your favorite. least favorite main song? We were actually discussing that uh, last night. <laughs> That's a really hard one. Because uh, I mean, there are songs on later albums that doesn't do it for me at all. But there is a song on Virtual Eleven called uh, uh, Don't Look to the Eyes of a Stranger. <laughs> we were talking about that, that song. It's, yes, it's yes, so. It it's so weird, and it's and it, the weirdest ending of any songs made yeah. ever. Do you remember the ending? Don't look to the ass of a stranger. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. And poor Nico playing. I, I would say talking about the worst things, but I, I think Virtual Eleven is Nico's least inspired recording. Okay. Yeah. I think ever. He's just playing like the basic, basic yeah. drum. Is is, uh, I don't know. And I think he would agree. You know, I, I'm that uh, obnoxious that if I met Nico, I would ask him this. <laughs> That's how obnoxious I am. <laughs> <laughs> how do you think he would uh, react? Do you think he would get get pissed? Uh, I, you know what, I have, I have actually met him and he can be uh, not in a good mood, mm -hmm. actually. And, and the thing is, his persona, you know, this flamboyant, big, you know, guy who just takes over a room, he's that sort of personality, so you think that's, that's the way he is. But I've, I've actually run across him in situations where he was just very grumpy yeah very uh, very grumpy yeah, i have a friend that had, had the same and, and, the, and the thing is that it was a bit it, it was really awkward actually because this was in in 05 when they play ulevi for the first time in gothenburg yeah. and uh, me and my friend hendrik did this uh strange sort of our maiden tribute called food for thought good uh, name yeah it is it's a bit of a nerdy deep cut yes. name yeah <laughs> And and the uh, the idea behind that album was that at at that time in the early two thousands there were loads of these tribute albums coming out, like but it was was only death metal bands doing bad renditions and growl vocals with Maiden songs, mm -hmm. and I think I was to blame, and I said to Henrik that we you and me could probably do an album of songs more varied than all these different bands do on these like and then you know you at least my brain starts to well could could we actually do that <laughs> so we recorded this album uh, and we had uh, 19 songs or something where we just made like some were just silly 
some were quite serious, some were just strange. And I had this album, uh, we, we actually made CDs of this. <laughs> and uh, I had a copy, and I brought copies to Gothenburg, because I thought that if we run across Maiden, I would like to just have a... So I had my, you know, my leg pockets with, filled with CDs, like, if I, if I see Bruce, I will say, Bruce, Bruce, here's your record. <laughs> we made a record <laughs> of your songs. <laughs> and and we, I met Neko uh, by the hotel, and we had been sitting talking to Bruce because, no, we don't know Bruce, but we have met him as journalists, as and fans, so many times that when he saw us, it was like, oh, that's that's you guys. And we were sitting down, and Nico sort of came into the room, and as I remember, it came and left, like just saying, ah, I'm I'm off, something like that. So I just took the opportunity and ran to my feet and caught him in, a, in like the, a staircase or something like, oh, Nico. And he was like, no, no, no. And just, just went. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> this little kid go, but we made this record for you. Could you, could you at least just take this record, please, Mr. McBrain? Or at least in my mind, I felt like that. So I gave him the CD and I was like, so you gave him the CD? I gave him yeah, the okay. CD. So we stopped in the stair and I say, sorry for bothering you. I just want you to have this CD. I just, it would make me glad just to know that you have it. Even if you never listen to it. I don't know. And he, and he said, and, he, 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 and I think he sort of realized that he had been quite, not rude, but I mean, just. Yeah. So he said, uh, okay, thank you. And uh, it was a bit more gracious about it and said, but I'm off to bed now. And so thank, <laughs> thank you. you. And he just left. So no shit chat, no like, oh, you did this album, guys. Oh, nothing like that. But, and I've heard people that have had these sort of encounters. Yeah, with, me too. Yeah. yeah. And he's, uh, so I think that the time, if you meet Steve Harris, it's like, every time you meet him, it's like when you see him, he's like one person. He doesn't, there's not this Steve Harris on sta stage, no, or that no. Steve Harris. It's just he's just Steve Harris. Actually, Steve Harris, I met and without any starstruck. Uh, yeah, you know. Apart from that gig in in, uh, in Germany. Yeah, because we played the second time we played together with Iron Maiden was in Oslo uh, two years ago, Tons of Rock Festival. Mm -hmm. And as, as, he, as he does every now and then, he has this football game going on. Yeah. So, yeah. me and Halvard and Per from, uh, from Spider God mm. played football against him. So, uh, so you, and this you're telling me now, yeah. how long into it? <laughs> We've been recording here for over an hour, and now you're telling me you played football against Steve Harris. Yes. Come on! <laughs> yeah. Uh, was uh, the three of us and some a bunch of other uh, rockers from Norway mm. and some f pretty good f football players? Yeah, like yeah. And uh, so did everyone say, "Don't hurt Steve"? Don't <laughs> you should be careful. He's really going for it. <laughs> <laughs> I was nervous, uh, nervous. Because me and Per, we were like, okay, I can't play a like full, it's a full match, like yeah. 90 minutes. I can't run for 90 minutes. So we kind of switched all the time. But our place was to take care of 
Steve Harris. <laughs> and he's, he can run. Jesus Christ. He runs for 90 minutes straight. Yeah. I've seen him play in recent years too. And yeah. yeah it's, uh, but he's m- very much on, on top of the game, waiting for balls to, to be kicked to him. Yeah. Yeah, that's smart. <laughs> but um, yeah, I met him there. It was that was no problem. It was no problem to talk to him then. Okay. Yeah. So you talk football with Steve Harris? Uh, I don't know anything about football. So <laughs> if he asked me his favorite team, I would probably how, how say Iron Maiden football club. Yeah. Yeah. How, how, <laughs> how did you end up playing football against him? Because uh, the one that kind of uh, put the whole thing together, mm. I know him from yeah, from music industry. So yeah, yeah. and uh, I was an obvious choice to yeah. be on that team. Is, is <laughs> Not it, because of my football uh, skills. Is this a case of being a big fish in a small country? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, but yeah. <laughs> Do we know any Maiden fans in Norway? Okay, we know that guy, <laughs> Kenneth, let's call him. He yeah. would be delighted to play uh, football against Steve Harris. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Peter, uh, Peter Boli from from, uh, from Backspeed Girls hmm? was playing for... He was playing very intensely for five minutes and then he was out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so, so what is your most cherished Maiden memory then? Besides uh, discovering the albums when I was a kid, yeah, because that's probably the the biggest moments. Yeah. Like, yeah, having the albums in my hand for the first time, putting them on, reading the yeah. lyrics, and that's you can never beat that. But that's true. Some of the concerts, uh, one memory of being in uh, Bucharesti, seeing them on the on that um, Made in England revisiting tour. Mm? You remember? Uh, was it 12 or 13 or something? Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. 13, I think. 13 yeah. was the some, some tour of, yeah. I think that one was special for me. Yeah. Me and I have a good friend standing there after probably too much beer yeah. and just having the time of my life. Yeah. Listening to the song. And I've seen them just a couple of weeks before, early on on the tour. Yeah. I think it was the first or second gig of the tour that I played the. Um, uh, they played the the grass pop metal meeting, and that was, without any doubt, the worst show I've ever seen of Iron Maiden. Okay. That was really crap, crap sounding. They didn't play well, didn't sing well. That was really bad. So I had no expectations when I went to Bucharesti, yeah. but it was just fantastic. It was but perfect. Is it, isn't it weird? Because the the way when we saw this gig in Ljubljana, Maiden is. They're so they're so pro. It's like they just they just go into the groove and it just they just play and they're just doing their maiden thing. So to actually see a bad maiden gig is a bit special. Yeah, but I think you would uh, agree with me. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think I, I would. Yeah, there were many our maiden fans friends of me there. Yeah. And uh, the rest of the, because I, I played there the same day that was that's why I could uh, catch the show. And the other guys that played with me, they came like carefully up to me afterwards. And what, what, what did you think about the show? And like, to be honest, I didn't like it. Oh, oh thank God, thank God. <laughs> now we can be honest about what we thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But do you think it was because of bad sound on stage? Because sometimes you can hear that they are a bit feeling it out because they can't really hear. You know, the I think it was the the first or second show with the, a mm. new sound guy mm. after uh, Doug Hall. Doug Hall. Yeah. Great name for a sound engineer, Doug Hall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think there was the first show or second show without him. That was probably the reason for the sound out, but they they didn't play any good, they didn't sing any good. Mm. So that was an on-stage sound. It, 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 they weren't properly rehearsed. I would say so, yeah. yeah. Mm. But it was okay. very good a couple of weeks later. Mm. Yeah. And they played a few really cool songs on that tour. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and the second time I saw them, they did, they did this uh, World Slavery Tour mm. yeah. somewhere, somewhere back in time. time. Yeah, yeah. That's, that was yeah, that was mind blowing. <laughs> Getting to hear <laughs> yeah, Ryan right Asian yeah. Mariner live in uh, in my hometown. That was yeah. quite cool. Yeah, yeah, quite cool. <laughs> yeah. Standing just two meters from the stage. Yeah, that was cool. I like new Iron Maiden as well. We we, we kind of established that we don't like the longer songs anymore. But I I'm, I'm pretty fond of, for instance, the Dance of Death. I find that to be a mm-hmm. really good album. Mm-hmm. Could have skipped two or three songs, but yeah. because it's a very long. But, I mean, Passion Daily is perhaps their best song in yeah b- b- twenty years or something. What if they ended the album with that song and yeah. just left the rest? Mm. That would be good. The three last songs, you don't need them. And you got some I really... Lot, uh, Journeyman is... I think, I think oh, it's, it's not my favorite at all. Okay. No, okay. sorry. And Don't be sorry. And Face in the Sand, yeah, not my yeah. cup of tea. But you have these pop songs early on the <laughs> album, like Rainmaker and uh, Wildest Dreams. I, no More Tears. No more huh? lies. Lies. No more tears. What's going on? <laughs> That's Saucy Osborne. Yeah. yeah. No more lies. And uh, and even and even uh, uh, new front new frontier. Mm-hmm. Nickel song. Nickel song. Yeah. yeah. That's a poppy song. Apparently, he wrote it on bass. Yeah. Yeah. People who have heard him play bass says, says that he's actually a good bass player. Yeah, Steve Harris says he actually plays a lot like me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I've heard that too. And uh, I, um, I like a lot of the songs on that Final Frontier album. It's an underrated album in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's not one of my favorites, but there are a few really good songs. There's a jamming song called The Talisman. Yeah, it's good. Which is like an up-tempo song that keeps going for like, is it eight, nine minutes or something? It's like quite insane. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, and also like the weird star blind. Yeah, yeah, I like. It. It's cool. It's not the album cover, though. No, no, no. Of those two albums, Final <laughs> Frontier and Dance of Death, it's yeah. probably <laughs> probably the worst ones. Yeah, I think I think someone called it's not Ed, it's Freddy. <laughs> okay. Doesn't even look like Eddie. You know the 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 artwork on Dance of Death. The artist actually didn't want his name on no. the album. What's the guy who made the the cathedral uh, sleeves? 
Oh, really? Yeah. So I, I think that Maiden saw cathedral sleeves and thought, that's a good style. We want that. Yeah. And then he came up with Justice Eddie in a, as a Reaper. And was all yeah, empty. Yeah, the idea, I guess the idea is okay, but, but the but, performance... But no, but seriously, actually, this, the story has been told that someone at the management just put them in these art clips figures around his Eddie as a sort of... and sent it back to him. It's like, okay, this is what we want. Can you put in more people, figures? And he said, no, I'm done. I've done the work that you paid me for. And then someone decided to use the management oh, really? clip art version on the proper cover. Oh, really? And then he said, well, if you're using that, don't put my, don't name, put on my name on it because that's not my work. <laughs> because that's really uh, apparently, yeah. As it's all, it's a true story. Okay. How about that for judgment? <laughs> but Freddy is, is awful. It's like, <laughs> it's like you have uh, this cartoonish sort of illustration for a very serious album because many of the lyrics are quite quite deep and dark yeah like Starbind for example and it's, it's more like closer to true emotions in a way and then you have this space monster it's just what's going on there yeah it's who, who thought that I was a good idea I don't like it at all no no Maiden A to Z. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure talking about drums and Iron Maiden. Yeah, we haven't really talked about what you do in your day job. Uh, I play drums. You play drums. You <laughs> 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 got that. I'm the drummer for Spider-Man. If I say that Spider God, if you compare it to our Maiden, is the Spider God is mainly Killers. Would you say the Killers album? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it? I, I know a couple of guys in the band. It's just would a suggestion. Be really glad that you said that. But yeah. yeah. Maybe. Maybe. The, why I think that is that Killers to me is like uh, one of the co-hosts for this pod, uh, Jonathan, said that the album Killers is like the perfect club pub gig on album. Mm -hmm. And I think he's quite spot on with that. And I think that Spider God is very, it's a live sort of high energy sort of music that has the sort of intent or intention as Killers has. It's just an idea. Yeah, I like the idea, but I, I just haven't uh, have to dig into it. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, I'm, yeah, I, I will take that with me. <laughs> okay. Good. So we say thank you and uh, good night. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. We are most pleased.